On today's Patriot Nation podcast, Spags and I are talking about the 2020 season, and the Patriots season, honestly, was about as good as the year 2020. Uh, just an absolute mess. But we're also going to be talking about the uh, the offseason and really some interesting, interesting topics going on this offseason. So uh, it's going to be a fun offseason. Wasn't a fun regular season, but it's going to be a fun offseason. It's going to be a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. It. Feels like two months since the Patriots played on Sunday, uh, but you know the most frustrating thing about beating the Jets on Sunday is that they looked great, and I like where was that the other fifteen games of the season? To be honest, I watched the first half. I had to go coach. I didn't watch really a lick of that game. I just, it was boring. I watched the first quarter, and it was typical, you know, what you saw. And I guess you know they got right. better as the as the game went on, but. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the jets, right. It's, you can really take no stock in that. That's kind of why we said, why, why I start sitting, there's nothing there, right. uh, really to prove, but no, it's interesting now, right. We're four days into the off season, like you said, and so far, Jimmy G's coming back, maybe Deshaun Watson, maybe they're getting Justin Fields. Maybe they're trading up to get Zach Wilson, um, Matthew Stafford, they're, they're signing out Robinson, Hunter Henry, James White's going to Tampa Bay. David Andrews is going with him. It's like it's going to be a fun off season, but it's going to be absolutely just like annoying. Just people forget like it thinks it's fantasy football, and there's you know there's actually a salary cap, you know, right. right? Like you can't just shut the cap off or turn force trades on or something like that. It's 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 aggravating in that part, but I'm I'm so excited for it. I think it'll be a lot fun. Uh, obviously, a lot more normal than last off season. Yeah, we'll probably get the OTAs and the mini camp and you know, hopefully a combine, uh, all that stuff. I know there was one last year, but um, we're trending upwards. I'm excited. They obviously have a ton of cap space to work with. They got to keep some guys. There's some, you know, some really interesting free agents at a lot of spots. Uh, this is the year we load up and, and I'm excited for it. This feels like a 2006 going into 07. Maybe obviously not that much firepower, but yeah, um, you still, you're, you're missing. You have a lot of question marks at the most you know important part on the, on the, on the field, but Hey, you get that figured out and go from there. The sky's the limit. Well, and that's it. I mean, it's, it, you know, pissed off Bill Belichick at this point where he looks at his team, recognizes what's going on, recognizes that there are some real serious holes all over the field. And goes to know something about it, you know, and so uh, I think it could be could get really interesting. Now they got they have a top fifteen pick for the first time uh, in in quite a while, and so that could be really interesting, right? Last time I believe the last time they had a top fifteen pick was Gerard Mayo. So I say yeah, um, Mayo at ten, right? Yeah, so that's you know 
there's a lot of different ways that could go. And of course, right. People want them to trade up and they want them to trade out and they want them to sign this guy and they want them to go up to this guy. And, and a few things you have to remember. Right. And like you said, like you, there's not, first of all, there's not unlimited money. You got the cap. Right. But the other thing you got to remember is that like there's 31 of the teams out there. They all want to be good too. Like, it's not like they're going to be like, well, yeah, it's the Patriots turn to be good. So like, you know, we're, we're just going to, Oh, Zach Wilson. No, no, we don't need to take that guy. We'll let him drop to 15 or, you know, the Dolphins are at three, right? Now you have quite a bit of assets. The Dolphins aren't drafting a quarterback at three unless they're completely not sold on tour, which I think that they are at this point. Uh, and again, who knows? It's early still with Tua, but I think that, you know, if you're the Dolphins, you really don't have a choice in this situation. You really have to kind of keep Tua uh, and continue to let him grow. With that being said, though, what are the Dolphins going to take? Like, if this was Madden, I could trade... Number three, number 15, Stefan Gilmore and something else and get up to three. But the actual Miami Dolphins are probably not going to take that deal. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, fine, great. In re- in like in fantasy land, those trades could work. But in reality, those trades might not work. And so that's the, that's the type of stuff where you have to consider that the other teams are trying to win, too. They're trying to be good, yeah. too, not just and- you. And so. People forget that, you know? And you sprinkled that idea out there. And I think, you know, in a, if that's another team, not a division rival, right. maybe, right? Like, that's a scenario. Yeah. But why would the Dolphins, who finally, after so many years, are, are considered ahead of you and, and have, you know, yeah. a lot of you know their roster figured out, why are they going to help the team that their biggest needs a quarterback go get a potential franchise right. guy? Right? Why and I think- compete with them in the division. It, yeah. It, Miami, we said it last show. Miami's going to get a ton of calls. They're going to get a ton of calls in that pick. I'm sure they are already. Yep. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if Miami drafts at three. I think it would be a mistake for the Miami for Miami to draft at three. I would think because they're going to get a ridiculous amount of calls, like you said. If people think that it's a three a three quarterback draft, people are going to be trying to get into the top three. And yeah. you know if that's the case, I don't know if you can make an argument for anybody other than those top three guys, you know, potentially those top three guys, at least in that top three. I don't know if there's another guy where you're like that guy, we have to draft that guy at three because he's not going to be there. If we trade back to seven or whatever, you know, like, I don't know if there's another guy like that on this, you know, in this draft class. And so if I'm the dolphins, I'm saying, all right, well, let's, let's take, let's listen to every single call and see if we can get another King's ransom for another draft pick another player and then see what we can get back, you know? And I think, I think by the way, and you said division rival, which is definitely true. It's unfortunate for the Patriots because maybe the Dolphins strongest position is quarterback. Right. And so it's like, they have Xavier Howard. They have um, Byron Jones. Jones. They don't need Stefan Gilmore. You know what I mean? Like, so like if they were a team that needed Gilmore, well, now they might be more inclined to, to accept that deal. Even if, even though it's with the Patriots, but they're not taking that because Stefan Kilmore is is extra for them. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. So what are you going to do? Play Xavier Howard at the three? That's stupid. You know? So it's just – anyways, th- the point is, right, is that there's going to be a splash coming. Something big is coming. I think yeah. Belichick will do something big this offseason. But, like, let's not set our sights on everyone. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, and more on the Miami pick, too. Like, my obvious my, – my initial thought is they go wide receiver – Right, they got Devontae Parker, but they don't really have. I mean, he's great, right? They, 
I don't think they have a true, true number one. I mean, he could certainly, he'd be a number one here. He'd be a number one on certainly other teams. But, yeah. hey, if you can get a Jamar Chase or a Devontae Smith, you're probably going to get be able to get one of those guys at the 6 to 10, 11 range, right? And right. you look at 7, 8, 9, Detroit, Carolina, Denver, and mm-hmm. then the Niners at 12. Those teams are all in the market for a quarterback. I, I I truly think the 49ers are if they feel they can get a next franchise guy at a rookie quarterback, somebody that's can do a little bit more than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a spot where, okay, we'll trade you three, for instance, the Lions or, or Carolina. Here's eight, here's a first next year, or here's here's eight, a second this year. Like teams will be willing to do that to go up and get one of those guys that they really, really like. Uh, right. so I think you're right. If they pick at three. The guy they might want at three will probably be available at seven or eight. And and uh, like I said, I, I think they probably go wide receiver. I know B-Flow, who knows, it's only his second draft. And, you know, is he that high on a guy? But a guy like Chase or Smith or even Waddle, those guys are, are can't-miss prospects, guys that can step in and help your wide receiver room right away. Right. Those well, are maybe- spots where you can pick them later on in the like four slots back and still pick up more capital, right? Correct. Like that, that you're right. If they pick there, that's – I don't know. I mean, like like you said, it, it seems like they're sold on two of the general manager came out and, and you know, they stuck by him. I know Fitz came in as kind of that closer role this year, but no matter how well Fitzpatrick played coming in and, and kind of saving the day, two is our starter. General manager, we're, we're sold on two, which I think they should be. He played six games, played really well. You know, he won them games, didn't well, necessarily wow you, but did enough no, to win. And And not just that. I mean... The Josh Rosen situation, you know, you can't Josh Rosen. You can't miss guy, too, just like all these other guys. Right. And and that's the big thing for me is you can't Josh Rosen the guy, right? Josh Rosen was in a unique situation in Arizona where he came in, didn't look great, obviously, but then they changed the regime so that the Cliff Kingsbury coming in didn't draft him. It's not his guy. So he said, well, I don't care if if, you know, if he's my guy or not. It doesn't matter. He's not my guy. I can get my guy at number one. He's out. And so he trades him. Brian Flores was there last year. The GM was there last year. You can't now turn around the next year after spending a top five pick on a quarterback and now spend another top five pick. You can't do that. You cannot do that. And so handcuffing yourself with Tua. Like what's the most you're going to get a second? Because it's like, okay, you have Tua and Zach Wilson or Tua and Justin Fields. Right. I'm not trading you a first round pick because you have to get rid of one of these guys. Regardless, exactly. I mean, certainly there's a lot of obstacles and teams are stupid, right? But right. Just yeah, overall, but I don't think you get much. Happen, you know? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And so, listen, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of situations going on. It's going to be interesting. Patriots wise, when you talk about quarterbacks, you know, with the Patriots, it it's going to be really fascinating. I've been talking about I've been banging the Jimmy G drum. I was just going to say, yeah. not to cut you off, but I am hoping the Niners trade up and get into that top five range, get a quarterback, get rid of Jimmy G. For me, it's it's if he's open on the market, for, whether it's trade or, or as a free agent, it's Chicago. They're in a unique yep. – they're kind of not sold on Mitch Trubisky. He'll probably have to compete for his job next year, whether Nick Foles is there or a veteran. Jimmy's from there. And then – here really like where else would could you see jimmy Garoppolo really going if he is on the market i know they've come out and said jimmy's our quarterback you know we we envision jimmy being here what the hell are they gonna say it's that's this was like week 15 16 you think they're gonna throw him on the bus then no well not just that i mean you gotta think too 
the guy's scheduled to make $25 million next year. $25 million. And listen, I understand that I understand the offense is better with him than Nick Mullins. I get that. But realistically, like you're gonna pay Jimmy G $25 million? What are we doing here? Especially you when you Bosa, have... you gotta pay Debo oh. Samuel, Javon Kinlaw. And that's that's I'm missing thing. guys too. No, right. And 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 especially, especially when you have, you know, a guy there that can I'm sorry, especially when you have basically zero dead money if you cut him. Zero. I mean, it's like two point five million dollars or something stupid like that. So you cut him now and you you save twenty three million dollars in cap space. That's insane. And so to me, if you're the Niners, you have to do that. And now listen, it's possible, right? It's even it's even possible that um that he gets released and then signs back in San Francisco. I think that that's a possibility, right? Or they rip up his contract or whatever the case may be, but there's no way he's playing for $25 million next year. There's no way. And so I think, you know, you go back and forth as to what's going to happen and whatnot, but like, I think there are some legitimate options. I think Matthew Stafford is a legitimate, is a legitimate possibility here. How likely? Eh, maybe not super likely, but I think he's fairly likely. I think Jimmy G is a legitimate possibility here. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a legitimate possibility. Like, so there are guys that are legitimate possibilities. Deshaun Watson, who I know we wanted to talk about, we'll get into it. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. You're not getting Deshaun Watson. No chance. Excuse my French. So, but I tweeted out the other day, kind of my dream off season, right? And given the cap space that they have at the moment, obviously you can get some more money with. I think Cannon's gone. I think you get eight mil there. You don't know with Hightower. You don't know Gilmore's future. So there's some ways they can even get a little bit more. For me, let's start. I get let, let's talk about the let's talk about the offseason. Like wh- where they go from here. You have some key guys that are free agents. People forget they need to spend money to retain guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm writing an article now. Should be out sometime next week. Kind of some offseason predictions or offseason moves they need to make to to kind of reload that roster uh, and set them up for the future. Date us back all the way to the early part of the dynasty, right when you had. You know, Seymour, Brewski, Vrabel, Brady for both parts, you know, like veteran leaders that really drove the culture and were great patriots. Then this dynasty, this this decade, McCordy, Chung, Hightower, Slater, Brady again, Gronk, right? Like those guys, now those guys are getting old. Right. You still have some guys here that are up now that played meaning, meaningful football over the last one you major, major games. David Andrews, right? James White's there. Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler, Joe Tooney. Those are guys they'll have to make decisions on. For me, David Andrews is a Patriot lifer. I mean, he mm-hmm. was he got choked up talking about it. Uh, you know, said he envisioned himself as a school teacher, coach in high school ball after college. The Patriots the only one who called and gave him a chance. I think there's zero percent chance he plays in another uniform, at, at least for you know the next three to four years, right? I think he's back. Uh, I think you resigned Lawrence Guy and Adam Butler, two of the you know guys that they don't go as noticed because they're in the middle of the defense, but I think they do a lot and uh, allow you to play the defense you want to. Lawrence Guy took on double teams all year. I mean, that guy, the poor guy, they ran him out there 16 games a year, never complained, great captain. Um, obviously, JC's a restricted free agent. He'll probably have a first or second round tender on him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he kind of loses his negotiation rights try to get something in the two to three year range with him, lock him up. Uh, and then you have decisions, white, Tooney, right? Like 
we've seen Belichick move on from running backs like that. Deion Lewis, Shane Vereen, you know, LeGarrette Blount. I know different style, but he'll move on from a running back, especially with their room. He spoke very highly of J.J. Taylor. Uh, and then Joe Tooney, right? We talked about it last year. Why tag him? They, I, You say it all the time. They tagged him in order to keep his rights to, in order to pay him this offseason when they knew they were going to have a lot more cap space. Right. But then Michael Unwenu comes in and dominates. And you have a guy that can slide right into that slot at a much cheaper price and allow you to, to improve your roster and spend elsewhere, which I think is a high possibility. Right. So that's my four there. And then I start veteran quarterback. Like, I'll start with you. Veteran quarterback, Stidham, and a day two, three developmental guy, whether that's Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, uh, Kyle Trask, who I can't stand, but a third, fourth round, fine. Take a flyer on him, see if you can develop him, strike light in the bottle. But for me, like, who is your vet? Who's your, it's Jimmy G for both of us, but like name names out there that you would, you would have as your veteran quarterback that, okay, come in, compete for your job. Stidham may push you. We don't know what their stance is on him. I think we'll know that in the next few weeks, few months, but I guess what are some veteran options? Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, like I said, I mentioned Stafford is a possibility. I know Stafford's kind of out there. We'll see what happens. So a name for me that I think is interesting, you know, is Carson Wentz. And I think that. Come on. I know. I I want nothing to do with that guy. I know. Listen, here's the thing with Wentz. Okay. If you can, I don't know what the contract situation looks like. Don't know what it looks like. The contract is a, is a, is absolutely horrendous. If you disaster, it it is, it's a complete disaster. If you can rip up that contract and give them something small, you're not going to have to give up much to get them, right? And here's a guy that was drafted at number two that showed had MVP season in 2017. Like he he was MVP before he tore his ACL, and so I think that that we sound like we're talking about another guy that we we know pretty well uh, that we just played quarterback here. I know that uh, I'm just I'm just busting your balls a little bit. No, no, and listen. I, I get it, but if you can get him for, for next to nothing, then you can bring him in. You have City here. You have him here, and you draft a, a developmental guy. And then you see what happens. You know, you see what happens with Wentz. Now, unfortunately, if you're not going to be able to deal with that contract, then forget it. You know, let Philly deal with that crap. But, uh, you know, if, if you can if you can work around the deal, I think that that could potentially make some sense. As I said, I think Stafford, trade-wise, I think Stafford makes the most sense. Um, and I don't have his contract in front of me. Doesn't he have a player option or there's a team option in there? So I think it's a team option. Actually, they can get out for, for like eight mil, like they'd, it cost them something like eight mil. I'll let you look it up, but that's uh, an option with a new GM, a new head coach that might come in and go, listen, we appreciate what you've done here, but we're blowing this thing up. We want to give you a chance to go somewhere where you can win and, and succeed a little bit better towards the end of your career. We know he's on the back nine. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Stafford says it right here. Uh, so potential out twenty twenty one. Yep. So nineteen million dollars of dead cap, but it's f- it's a four year, hundred and fifteen million dollar deal. Holy shit! Left nineteen million dollars of cap. That can't be right. No, there's. It just says potential out twenty twenty one is what it says. So the potential I think out it's a team option. So like the, the GM or coach that comes in, if they want to kind of blow things up, yeah. they can move on. But obviously, like I said, there'll be a cap penalty there. And I you know, I don't know. Cap. Looks like okay. a dead cap of 19, but the his cap hits 33. 
So if they were to cut him, I mean, it's still a, a good chunk. But the cap hit at 19 as opposed to 33. Next year, the cap hit 6 as opposed to 26. So I can't imagine him lasting more than next year there unless they want to keep him long-term. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they trade up. But that can be seven that can trade up, right? Right. So that's an interesting guy. You know, I think Stafford's one to one to watch. I think he'll be on the move. I'd be surprised if he's in debt, if he's in Detroit next year. Um, but you know, we'll see who knows, of course, but, but we'll see what happens there. I think it's just fascinating when you look around the league and you start seeing these guys at Carolina, people are, are like, Oh, Carolina's definitely taking a quarterback. And it's like, well, he just paid a ton of money for Teddy Bridgewater. Like maybe they can get out of it, but like, they just gave a pretty big contract. Teddy Bridgewater supposedly like him. So, and again, if things fall certain ways, like who knows, but, it's, yeah, I mean, these are all hypotheticals. Like, there right. could be a guy that we're talking about that comes available in a month from now that you were like, oh, my God, I can't believe it, right? So it's just a matter of what it's going to cost. Is it going to be a trade? Is it going to be a signing? Like, there's just so many hypotheticals. We don't right. know enough. But I'm just saying from a veteran quarterback standpoint, like you're talking about, those are some options, right? Right. And and then you look at it, look around the league, too. Andy's going to need a new quarterback, right? Potentially, potentially now. Carolina might need a new quarterback. Remember, John Elway just retired in Denver. If the guy coming in or left or whatever in Denver, if the guy coming in looks at Drew Locke and says, yeah, that guy stinks. We need another quarterback. Now Denver needs a new quarterback. So, you know, you look around the league, I think San Francisco is going to be in the market for a new quarterback. So there are there are a lot. There's going to be a decent amount of teams around the league that are in the market for a new quarterback. So it's not like you're not the only one competing for these guys. So that's another interesting wrinkle there where it's like there's a lot of stuff going on. Where you know people are going to throw throw money at it and and or or you know picks or whatever the case may be to try to get you know a quarterback and so the Patriots are are an interesting spot now I think for you when you were mentioning keeping guys Adam Butler is first on my list there and the thing about Butler is that people you know I I always bring up Akeem Hicks when I when I think about Adam Butler right Akeem Hicks was with us played with the Saints for three years and really did nothing for the Saints. Came to us, we traded Michael Ho'o Amano, whatever the hell his name is, to the Saints for 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 Akeem Hicks, and Hicks was fantastic here in 2015. And the Patriots let him go, and they and everyone says, well, yeah, but the Bears threw stupid money at him. Eh, wrong. The Bears gave him a two year, ten million dollar contract before the 2016 season, and the Patriots let him walk. He played phenomenal in 2016. So then the Bills gave him a four year, forty eight million dollar contract. So. Now they paid for him, but not right away. The Patriots let him walk, and if they had held on to him, I think that that's a cornerstone piece that you're looking at saying is a guy that can get penetration up the middle. The Patriots love guys that can that can get pressure on the quarterback up the middle because it makes it so difficult on a quarterback if you have a guy that can create pressure from the middle of the field. And they haven't had guys like that. You know, Hicks is a guy that can do that, and Butler is a guy that can do that. You cannot let Adam Butler walk. And I know some people are talking, oh, you know, oh, they might not. To me, and I love Lawrence Guy, love Lawrence And he's 20, 27 years old. That's the thing. To me, Butler is more of a priority than Guy is. I like Lawrence Guy a lot. I really hope he's back next year. But if I have to choose between Lawrence Guy and Adam Butler, I'm choosing Adam Butler 10 times out of 10. I am. And so, and that's a situation where I think number one on my list is Adam Butler. Well, that's not true. Number one on my list is J.C. Jackson. Number two on my list is Adam Butler because those two guys have to come back. And then number three on my list, and really it's kind of 2A, number three on my list is David Andrews. David Andrews 
100% has to be back. Obviously, you mentioned it, right? He wants to be back. And look at look at what the team was without him, right? Like in 2019, 2019, yeah, they they fell apart, man. Right. That line. That's the key. The anchor that line. You have to have a good center. And even look at, you know, what happened. So 2014, Stork comes in and played fantastic in 2014. But 2013, they were an absolute disaster until Stork came in. Stork came in and played great in 2014. Then 2015, what happens? He played like garbage. So he comes out. Andrews comes in in 2016. Did all he of a sudden, end up retiring after that too for like concussion reasons. Yeah, I think right? he had like yeah, some concussions after basically bet when Andrews kind of took the job and ran with it. I don't think right. he played again. Maybe another year, but I, he's been out for a while. He's been out for a while, and I don't know. He may have like kicked around on some teams, and I don't think he ever really played played again. Um, you know, an unfortunate story for him, but he was kind of a a guy that nobody really saw coming either. Fourth, fifth round draft pick out of Florida State. So, you know. Either way, I think that David Andrews has to be back on this team. He's he's an incredibly important part of the of the offensive line, and that's what's so interesting about the Tooney situation is that normally you'd look at Tooney, and we talked about it in the offseason. Why franchise him, especially where you have no cap? You franchise him. You use basically all of your cap money to franchise Do Tooney, and now you're going to let him walk? But if you look at Onwenu and say, this kid's going to be a stud, and he's really more of a guard than a tackle, well, now you have a guard, right? And so now what are you going to do? You're going to give Joe Tooney top of the market money too? Like, and I know cool. they didn't see that situation coming, right? No, of course. Manu, but like they botched that, that situation then. I know hindsight's 2020, right? Like you didn't think you'd find a guard starting ability, you know, all rookie team and every, in every aspect and every mm-hmm. website, whatever, but you could have got a compensatory pick for Tooney, probably a third rounder, another third rounder in there. Right. I know, like, like you said, hindsight's 2020, but, you were better well, I said off all along. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I said all along they should have traded him. I don't know why. Once they franchised him, they should have moved him. I don't know why. And maybe I, I they look, tried. Maybe they tried. They had no takers. You know, like yeah, that's possible. That's possible. You know, I just thought I just thought to me, he's a guard. And listen, he's a guard. He's a great player. Great player. Probably the arguably the best player on the offensive line. But and that picture too on Sunday was like heartbreaking. Him sitting at midfield and spent like, you know, an hour out there just kind of walking around. What's that tell you? I think he, he knows. Had- I think he kind of knows, yeah. And so that's, that's, you know, that becomes a difficult part where it's like, what do we do? You know, and there are guys that are moving on, and there are guys that are, you know, Rex Burkhead's an interesting one. James White's an interesting one because James White reminds you of Shane Green, right? Is someone going to go out there and pay James White a ton of money? And if they do, are you going to match that? Like, I don't know. And it sucks because, like, I don't want to lump him in. It's not a disrespect to Lewis or Vereen. Major pieces to that. Vereen, you you don't, probably don't win Seattle without him. Correct. Dion Lewis was phenomenal here, uh, but I believe they're all kind of in that similar age, right? right? Where they were do a big payday. They had a guy that they liked. They kind of had. They've always had a really good backfield in terms of depth and and you know different style of runners, right? You have Harris, who's your lead back. Sony can kind of chip in, and you know if Harris goes down, he can get you twenty carries. Looked looked better catching the ball in the backfield a little bit, uh, especially on Sunday. And then, and then a guy like Taylor, um, that's, that's, that's going to hurt a lot of fans. I don't think he's back. Right. I really don't. I, I, it's these guys wait so long for unrestricted free agency and he's 29. This is probably his last big payday. And it sucks because he's, he's a Patriot hall of famer. No doubt. Just when you look at a Patriots, James white, but it's just, from a cap perspective and kind of going forward with your roster, he makes a ton of sense coming back for sure. Right. But he also makes a ton of sense to let him go. 
Well, and it really, what it comes down to is, is the money. That's what it comes down to. Patriots aren't paying them. They're not paying them a ton of money. And so I remember Kevin Falk, geez, I don't know what year this was, uh, 04, 05, 06, no, 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 I, that can't be right. It was towards the end of his career. But he was, you know, he was a free agent, and he was kind of, you know, looking around and seeing what's up. And then someone went out, you know, one of the top backs went out and signed a nothing contract. And that was the end of that. And it was like, well, Kevin's not getting any money. And so he came back to the Pats for like a one-year, $2.5 million deal. And it was just one of those situations where it was like, hey, like he saw the writing on the wall. I'm not getting any money anywhere if that guy's not getting any money anywhere. So if I'm going to take no money, I might as well take no money in New England instead of frigging somewhere else, you know? And that's and that's a situation where it's like if a guy's going to get paid, he's going to get paid. And you can't blame him for that. You know, when Deion Lewis was butthurt about it, but like, uh, I'd say the Patriots made the right move by moving on from Deion Lewis. You know what I mean? Like Shane Vereen might have been upset about it, but looks like the Patriots made the right move moving on from Shane Vereen. James White's better than both those two players, right? He, he's arguably the best receiving back they've had, certainly since Kevin Falk, 100% since Kevin Falk. He might even, you could even say he's better than Kevin Falk just in, in as a pure receiver, right? All around back, I think Falk was a better back, but you could make an argument that he was a be, he's a better receiving back. But losing him would be hard. But at the same time, you can't give a 29-year-old running back a big contract. You just simply can't do that. And so that's the issue for me that I look at and just say, like, okay. Like, I just, yeah, all right. What do you want me to do? You know? And so there's going to be a lot of turnover. They have a ton of money. And that's what people have to remember. They get $60 million of cap. And that's great. But they got a lot of people they got to pay. Right. And don't forget, we mentioned Gilmore. If you want Gilmore back next year, he's going to have to get a con. Now, to me, the Gilmore thing is interesting because they took money off of 2021 to give him extra money in 2020. They didn't give him a salary bump. They gave him almost like an advance. But then what happened is that now his contract for next year is $7 million, which he's not playing for $7 million. And the Patriots know that. Everyone knows he's, everyone knows he's not playing for $7 million. The question is, what does he want? Does he want a four-year deal? Because if he wants that, he ain't getting it here. If he'd be willing to take a two-year extension where they up his pay this year and they give him two additional years, I think that happens. But the question is, will he? You you don't know his, like, he's so, like, monotone and just to himself and quiet that, like, he could absolutely love it here. And we have no idea. Right. Right? Like, that's what's so awesome about him, the way he goes about his business. Um. Is J.C. Jackson ready to be a true number one corner? At times, yes, right? I mean, I, everyone looks at the Diggs game. Listen, Stephon Diggs can do that to a lot of corners. I mean, he's probably a top three route runner in the league. He's a top five wide receiver in the league. He's going to do that to a lot of guys. But when you look at Gilmore's history versus him versus Jackson, it's a lot different. I mean, Jack's, uh, Gilmore has the ability to just completely wipe away his side of the field and shut down elite, elite receivers for a while now right. so it's interesting yeah that's a guy that could be moved that's a guy who like you said could sign an extension here i mean would you be yeah. mad if they signed stefan gilmore to a four-year extension and gave him a lot of money no i wouldn't he's truly earned it i'd love to have him stay yeah does it make sense there's so many of those questions with key guys on the roster where yeah you can let him go and have some flexibility to, to improve at other spots but also you're letting a core guy go who is so important to your team, especially Gilmore. Well, and that's, and that's really the issue, right? Is that it makes you better 
you get worse by losing Stephon Gilmore. So yeah, you free up some cap space and you're going to get something back for him, but you're not getting a first round pick back for him in all likelihood, because whoever it is, is going to have to pay him, you know, a, a good amount of money. And so, you know, how much are you gaining by losing him? You're losing more, you know, by, by getting rid of him. The question is, you know, it always comes down to financials, right? As to, you know, how much are they getting paid and how long do they want to get paid for? I don't know. I, I don't know. And and like you said, JC has been fantastic and JC's going to get paid this offseason and deserves to get paid this offseason. But the fact is, the fact is that the Patriots have to look at it and say, yeah, okay, fine. But that's what we're doing. You know, like we have to pay him fine. But then what do we do with Gilmore, right? Is he, is he ready to be a number one receiver and I number one corner? And that's why I think if Gil, if, if JC Jackson is going to get paid this offseason, which it seems like he's going to, doesn't that kind of say that he is a number one corner, right? And so now are you paying two guys number one corner money? Like I don't, you know, that that's the hard that's the hard part. How you know much I mean? money is is Jackson going to be able to to demand being restricted with that tender on him? Well, so he'll get it- he'll get a first round. They'll they'll put a first round tender on him, and then the question is, you know, how much? First of all, is that first round tender? Um, and I don't know the answer to that question, but, um, uh, I don't know how much, uh, first year team can't match it. They give up their first round pick the following That's, year, right? So the way it works is that, you know, you put a, for, you put however, whatever tender you want on the guy, right? First round, second round, third round, whatever the case may be. The Patriots did this, um, with Wes Welker, as a matter of fact, in 07, the Dolphins put a second round tender on Welker. And the Patriots said, listen, we're going to offer this guy a contract. You're not going to be able to match it. But what we'll do is we'll throw in an extra pick for you to trade for him instead of having to deal with the whole RFA thing. And they said, all right, sure, whatever. The Patriots traded him a second and like a seventh. They literally threw in like a seventh round pick because the Dolphins weren't going to sign him. And they knew that. And they said, okay, fine. The Patriots would be in a situation where, yeah, J.C. Jackson's a, a restricted free agent. They put a first round tender on him. I think it's like $5 million or something like that. It's, it's not that much. But the idea is that, right, if another team signs them and the Patriots decide not to match, they have to give up their first-round pick for this year's draft, which would be hard if you're oh, a really it's bad this year, player. not next year's? It's this year's first-round pick. Oh, okay. Pick. I thought it was next year's. Okay. That, so I'm almost it, positive it's this yeah. year's first-round pick, which is interesting because if that's the case, and I, and I might be wrong about that, um, but I'm pretty sure it's this you year's You get the first. gist of it. You get the gist. But either way, you know, if you're if you're talking about um if you're talking about a guy that is is like JC Jackson, right? Well, what if it's a if it's a team like the Chiefs, for instance? Just for instance. Now I mean the Chiefs may not be able to afford to pay him, but let's just say, okay, let's just say it's the Chiefs, okay? Well, they're gonna get they're gonna have a late first round pick every year. So you might be willing to give up a late first round pick to get a guy like JC Jackson. If you think he's really that good. And then you might say, okay, that's a deal for us to trade for a fairly young guy. Uh, you know, essentially what we're doing is trading. Right. And so I think that that's really fascinating for me, um, you know, to kind of see how that works. I just think that that's going to be so interesting um, to see, you know, to see with Jackson. And I think the Patriots, in all honesty, I think the Patriots are probably match any any offer that gets made. But it is kind of interesting, um, you know, to kind of to kind of see what happens. So, 
either way, it's going to be fascinating. Um, I'm not sure. I'm trying to look it up right now uh, to see, you know, uh, trade their corresponding pick, the original team. It says trade their corresponding draft pick to the original team. So I bet you it's this year's pick. So, which would be interesting. But if, you know, let's just say the, the Bucks win the Super Bowl. Okay, sure. They have the 32nd pick. Well, if you're the Bucks and you need, you need a legit corner, what the hell, right? You throw the offer in, see what happens. And then if you give up pick 32 for a young guy that, that's going to be your cornerstone corner for, for a while, screw it. You know what I mean? And so that's that's kind of the tightrope that you walk if you're the Patriots. But, you know, that's the way it goes. So, No, it is. There's so many different directions they can go. But I think we get hit the nail on the head with, you know, guys they should retain and, and, right. and yeah, getting into the draft too. It's it's going to be interesting what they do there. I could see them trading out, not out, but back, right? Like to yeah. say they like their guy at fifteen, they feel they can get him at nineteen twenty. Hey, we don't have a third rounder. Here's fifteen for your third, and we'll move back to nineteen twenty. And I, I don't know those. Obviously, we don't know those teams that will be there. Probably Washington will be nineteen, assuming they lose this week. Uh, but something like that, like maybe you know, New England really doesn't like the quarterbacks available. Maybe it's a Trey Lance. Maybe it's a Someone's going to reach a little bit on Mac Jones. Hey, Washington comes calling. Here's here's 19. Like I could see that. I could see them moving up. I could see them sitting there. Like there's so many ways. It's it, that's what makes it so interesting with the draft coming up. They've never really picked in this area, so you don't know which way they'll go. Right, and that's really fascinating, right? I think Trey Lance is a guy for me that's, and we're going to get into the whole prospect thing. By the way, we got we got something to announce about the offseason, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, you know, I think that that's that's. That's the question, right? What the hell are they going to do? You know, what what are they going to do, and and who's going to be available at fifteen? I think is is the question, um, and so that's going to be really fascinating. One thing I wanted to talk about before we did, and I mentioned it briefly, and then we never got to it. We're a little we're a little all over the place uh, today, but that's okay. Was Deshaun Watson, and I think Watson. We I had talked about this during the season. I thought that Houston was, you know, maybe one of the worst places to go to be a GM. Oh, the worst head coach, even just so so limited. Right. And and listen, you have the quarterback. Or do you? Because Houston just absolutely bought the situation. Apparently McNair, you know, promised Watson that he'd be part of the committee. Now listen, he's not making the decision. But Watson, whether listen, whether he deserves to be part of it or not is is irrelevant. If the owner says, Yeah, sure, you can sit in on these things and I want to hear the players' voices and everything like that, and then after saying that, goes out and hires someone without ever telling them? What the hell is that? That's stupid. And so now, if you're Nick Casario, you didn't know that about Deshaun Watson. It's not your fault. And Schefter's made it very clear. It has nothing to do with Nick Casario. It's not he doesn't like Nick Casario. It has to do with the situation and not being able to trust the owner because the owner flat out lied to him. If you're Nick Casario, you're doing every single thing in your power to keep Deshaun Watson because now, if you trade Deshaun Watson, you truly have the worst job in football, right? So, and I guess it depends, obviously, what the what the what you get back for him. But realistically, it's Deshaun Watson we're talking about. Like, it doesn't really matter what you get back for him. But you know, it's going to be a really interesting situation to see what happens there. But what a complete mess by the Houston organization to do that with him. And now Casari has to make a decision about whether he's going to keep him, whether he's going to trade him, and whether that relationship is fractured beyond repair. And if it is, now you're walking into a situation where you accepted this job as the GM, assuming that Deshaun Watson was your starting quarterback, and now he's not. And now you're like, 
oh shit, now what do I do? You know, and so that's going to be a really interesting situation. Yeah, from a Patriots perspective, there's just no way because it's a king's ransom, and you're going to have to give up so so much. Where you have so many holes, you can't afford to give up two firsts, a second, a third, a player. Yeah, you get the quarterback, but you ain't going to be able to help him because right. you're, you know, you're paying him. The contract's actually not too bad, but like I said, you need to get younger at some spots. You need as much draft capital as you can. Uh, certainly, I mean, we've seen crazy things happen, right? I don't want to completely rule it out, but I, I just think there's no chance. Nick Casario takes the, takes the job in Houston and then trades him immediately back to New England. Like, what is going uh, on? Unless he throws no a Kevin McHale, right? It's not happening. You yeah, know, we, yeah, with KG, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, send us, you know, send us uh I don't know, Jared Stillman. Oh, Jefferson. Or... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, related it's... to KG, yeah. You know, beyond that, and that's the thing, right? The KG trade was like Where Al would Jeff. You go, though? San Francisco, Washington, like realistically. Well, anyone that would, anyone well, that actually would someone go... just tweeted too, a Chicago weatherman. Literally a Chicago weatherman, Deshaun Watson followed him tonight. He's like, Why is Deshaun Watson following me that he wants to know the weather in Chicago? He's coming yeah, to Chicago. Like I mean, I guess that's a team too, right? It's fascinating to see, but there, like I said, there's a lot they of teams. Finally, get their man. Yeah. They passed on him for Trubisky, but they get the show. Hey, like, hey, oh hey, man, hey, imagine give him everything to get him. You know, so it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up. And again, if I'm Nick Casario, that is an absolute. That's a nuclear option for me. That is a. I am going to do everything in my power to not have to trade you, Deshaun. And if Deshaun says, "Listen, I can't play here. I'm not playing here. It doesn't matter what you say. I don't care. I'm done." Then you have no choice but to trade him. But beyond up until that point, it, there is a zero percent chance I'm trading Deshaun Watson if I'm in Nick Casera's spot. No, you don't even have a head coach yet, and you're going to trade your quarterback. I mean, that's crazy. So, but again, if you're a Patriots fan, stop doing the edits. Stop putting Deshaun Watson in the Patriots. It's not happening. It's it's simply not happening. Okay, uh, and so you know, let's put that one to bed right now. Okay, and so you know, it's just look. There's going to be a lot of fun this offseason. But like you said, man, it's going to be so much of, oh, this guy and that guy. And, oh, look at this guy. And, oh, this guy's coming. And that guy's coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're all coming. Everyone's coming to New England. It's like, dude, slow down. Like, not everyone's coming to New England. You know what I mean? Like, let's just let's relax. I know everyone's excited about, you know, about 2021 and wanted to be a great year. And, and you know, last year sucked as a Patriots fan. But, like, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not. Um, and so – you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think they're going to make a splash. I, I'm telling you right now, they're going to make a splash. And listen, I'm going to go on record right now, and I'm going to do this again when we do our when we do our draft show. Uh oh, I'm going to go on record right now. Right now, I'm going to go on record at pick 15. At pick 15, there is a zero percent chance that they will draft either A. Kyle Pitts or B. Mac Jones. And if they draft Kyle Pitts or Mac Jones, I will do anything. Anything like I will. All the, right, the, you have to you have to eat your hat on 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 Twitter. I will. I will literally. I will with you if they draft if they draft Mac Jones at fifteen. I will lose my mind. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, I'll be ecstatic. Ecstatic. I will, but I, I agree. It's yeah. yeah. I'll be there. No He's gonna be there. No, I am. I am steadfast on that one. That is not happening. I will talk about that all off season long. Kyle Pitts to New England will not happen at fifteen. Now, if they trade back to like you know twenty six or thirty or something like that, and he's still there. That's a different situation. At 15, it ain't happening. But I digress. But anyways, but speaking about the offseason, we have, if you weren't around last offseason, okay, we have a very similar offseason to what we did last year. 
Spags, you and Keegan have been working really hard, um, you know, breaking down some prospects and whatnot. And we're going to have Keegan on the show uh, quite a few times. We're, of course, talking about Keegan from from Pat's poll. But if you don't follow him already, you need to get on that. Um, but, uh, you know, great guy. He's been on the show once or twice. I think he's followed by as Ariana Grande follows him, right? Uh, yeah, it's like yeah, that's, that's like that. kind of fame. <laughs> so, um, but you guys did a lot of work breaking down some prospects. So we're gonna what we're gonna do is every week we're gonna break down a different positional group. So we're gonna start at one position and go through. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of we're gonna talk about a bunch of different players, and then we're gonna go really in depth on like two on like four to six guys. We're going to get pretty in-depth on those guys and kind of give a, like a full scouting report. And then we're going to talk about a bunch of different guys as well. So, yeah, you know, guys, you guys will, uh, we'll have this out um, next week. It's a little Excel sheet, kind of our rankings. Uh, I want to see here. We got like, you know, 36 receivers right from the first round all the way to, to day, late day three guys. Quarterbacks, mm-hmm. wide receivers, tight end, edge linebackers, defensive tackles, as well as some bonus prospects in there. Just basically strictly off what we think the Patriots' needs are and kind of where they go. Right. Uh, you get pros and cons, their college stats, strengths, weaknesses, uh, and like I said, ranking. So uh, we'll have that out probably next week. I, I think we, we'll probably take a, maybe a week week off, two weeks off. We, we haven't really decided. Stay on the – stay on the. obviously, we'll, we'll let you guys know. Yeah, uh, but we'll we'll full throttle draft. I'd say at the early, at the latest mid mid January. That's what I would say too. Yeah, that's Next what I'd week. say too. You know what I'm saying? And it, you know, teens to twenties. I can't wait. I'm so excited. So you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And that's I and will I, be, have- I will be at the NFL Combine as of right now, uh, assuming right. they will be allowing, um, you know, mm-hmm. media there. Obviously, with COVID and and kind of the restrictions, we I'm not too sure, but I am getting credentials, so I'll be there giving you full access. Uh, down there with some prospects. I'm I'm super fired up and I'm super sad. Pat can't come with me. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, no, I can't. Unfortunately, you know, I got the whole COVID thing going on. I'm I'm remote from school, and so the real issue is that if I was remote from school, as bad as I want to go to the combine and mask up and wear a friggin' I don't even know wear a hazmat suit or whatever. Like, if I showed up in Indy, uh, my school system would be like, mm, no, nah, that ain't happening. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, would be bad things uh, coming from that. But hey. You never know. So, but anyways, but next year, next year I'll be there. So, um, but it's going to be a great off season. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to try to do some fun things, keep you guys interested and, uh, you know, and, and talking about guys and listen, before you know it, before you know it, it's going to be free agency. And then people can be like, Oh my God, it's going to be, it's going to be great. So I'm looking Future forward to these it. next four weeks. I don't give a shit who wins anybody, but the chiefs let's get going here. <laughs> anybody listen, as long as the chiefs don't come out of the AFC and the bucks don't come out of the NFC, I'm going to be happy. So I'm that's rooting for the box. I'm rooting for the box. I put a hundred bucks on him today to win a thousand dollars. Go Brady. He's What's won that? me so much money throughout my life. I'll bet on that guy till I'm 60, till he's 65 years old playing a tennis I match. In I don't blame you. And listen, the, the other problem is that we're getting like F you Tom Brady, where it's like, you know, uh, Oh, you think I suck? Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, I want Tom Brady, chase young, read a history book, pal. Like bad, bad you know how many players have done that? You're screwed. He's going for 304 on Sunday or Saturday, whenever they play. Probably they got the chance though. They get they get a chance. They have a chance. They can they can use the Giants model of getting pressure with four. But yep, I I don't I don't like their odds. I just like I'm I'm on the side of history here. No home team has ever hosted a Super Bowl, and and you know if obviously it's in Tampa this year. So I'm rooting most against Tampa this year. Thing, Pat, be the most twenty twenty thing for that. That's the only reason I'm rooting. Against. Listen, if Brady wins, and the the great thing is that 
it's a it's a win-win situation, right? If the if the Tampa doesn't win, then I'm like, oh hey, that's what I wanted. And if Tampa does win, and it's like, well, at least it was Brady. Like, okay, fine, you know, yeah. like so, no, so it's you. a win-win situation for me, you know. So, but anyways, guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. It's been a rough year. We didn't talk at all about the Jets game because, frankly, it was useless and we didn't need to talk about it. Um, we are gearing up for the playoff or for the for the playoffs. Jesus Christ, no, not this year. We're not gearing year. up. The, we're gearing up for the off season. We're very excited. We're going to be back in a few weeks talking with you about it. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for you, so we hope you come along for the ride. And uh, we appreciate you sticking with us all year because it's been tough. It's been tough. And we've seen some of the numbers dip a little bit, but for the most part, people stuck it out. People stuck it out. You know, the Patriots fans, We, you know, people talk about us being bandwagon fans and all this other crap, but people were here. People were listening and people were interacting, and and we appreciate that. We love you guys, and, and thank you so much for uh, for coming along for the ride, and uh, and we hope to give you the best offseason content you can you can handle. Amen.